Hey, good morning, everyone. Don't you just love New York? It's just, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. We, we're just in a short little series looking into the new year and what are some things that we can change? How many know the biggest room in every house is what? The room for improvement, right? <laughs> uh, you can use that. Hey, take that. You can use that. Those you watched online, you can go ahead and use that. Um, I am not an electrician, but I'll always try stuff once. And so in our house, you know, my wife, she loves to decorate and we're constantly changing lights. And she goes, what if I did this with this light fixture? I go, honey, 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 I'm not an electrician. And electricians are like $500 an hour now. So it's just, we got to, so she goes, what if we did this? So, I, so I've learned how to put in chandeliers. I've done light fixtures. I've done dimmer switches. Thank you very much. That's as far as I go. Um, but I learned one lesson once. <clears throat> and reading the directions, anytime you do any electric, electrical work, how many you know what's the first thing you need to do? turn off the power. I learned that once, and I got a mighty jolt from the Holy Spirit. Kathleen thought there was revival breaking out in our house. And yeah, you've got to go down to the panel box and turn off the circuit breakers. You need to read the directions, right? That, that's important. But you've got, to, you've got to switch that. You've got to go down to the electro, electrical box and switch off the circuit breakers. You've got to read the directions. I remember, um, this has nothing to do with the message, but I thought it was a funny story. But there's a teacher we had, and a really great teacher, she was a stickler for directions, like stickler. Just mm, you have to read all the directions. So one time she gave us a pop quiz, and she goes, listen, before you take the pop quiz, I want you to read through all 20 questions first and then begin the test. And so me, not being a good person that reads directions, I just started the questions. I'm like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'll just go through the test. Well, I noticed about five minutes into it, Kids were taking their um, their quiz and then turning it upside down and putting it on their on their desk. I'm like, gosh, these kids are smart. They went through all those 20 questions so quick. The 20th question was, if you've read through this whole quiz, turn, give yourself an A and turn the paper over. Now, the knucklehead that I am, I still didn't figure that out to the very end. So I'm like, why is everybody done? And, and so, obviously, I can't remember what I got, but I know it wasn't an A. So just... Read the directions, okay? And um, what I want to look at is, as we look at our lives in Christ, and as we look at the new year, we always look at it as an opportunity to change something. And I believe some of the things that are hard to change in our lives are the things that we've developed over our lives over a pattern of years. How many know it takes years to develop a habit? And if we're not careful, these habits can be developed in our lives that can be detrimental to our walk with the Lord. And we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul stresses to his listeners in the church of Ephesus of how to change and and how to live their new life in Christ and what does that look like. And there are steps that we need to take in order to be proactive and continually growing in our life with the Lord. Because I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I'm a creature of habit and I know you are too. You know why I know that you're a creature of habit? Because you're sitting in the exact same seats you were last week. I can look at all of it. I know where all of you sit. And some of you, you just, if listen, if some of you switched and you next week went over here and you went over there, it would completely mess up my preaching, by the way. But I know where you all sit, the first service. I know, it's, so I know when you're missing. I know when you're gone because I look at it. They're not there. They're not sitting in their seats. Um, we are a creature of habit. And so we constantly, constantly have to be 
on guard of not allowing our spiritual lives to become stagnant. And I want you to know that there's this vitality that God wants us to have each and every day of our lives. That when we are in Christ, there's a joy that God just desires to give to us, a peace that he desires to give to us, knowing that we have this new life in Christ. So how do we live that new life and how do we not allow those old habits? Because we know the things that are in our life that ought not be, right? Like for me, I love chocolate chip cookies and I know I eat too many and I know, you know what, can I just say something? I've got a little beef with Wegmans, okay? Let me just say this. You know, before you have to kind of scout out where the chocolate chip cookies are, you have to actually kind of find them. You know what they do now? The minute you walk in the door, they're right there. And every time I walk in, I say, Satan, get thee behind me. It's right there now. They, they know it's me. They know Barden's coming, so we're going to put the chocolate chip cookies. He's, you have to trip over them to get into the store now. I know that I have too many chocolate chip cookies or cheese. How many of you love cheese? Cheese lovers out there. My cheese consumption needs to cut a lot down. I mean, I just, I love cheese. We know there are things that we need to switch in our lives. So how do we do that? How do we, uh, how do we just become more uh, just grateful for what the Lord has given us? And so in this new year, I want us to look at this of like, God, you have done so much in our lives. And it's so much easier for me to complain and to grumble than it is to be grateful. And I want us to look at our life in Christ. We have so much to be thankful for. And this is the thing that Paul is going to reiterate in Ephesians chapter 4. I remember when I first became a Christian, there was one song that we would sing many times uh, on a Sunday morning. And it was taken from Psalms 118.24. And the song was called, This is the Day. How many old Christians are out there? Do you remember the song, This is the Day? Remember how it went? It went, This is the Day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us complain and be grumpy in it. Remember that song? No, it was let us rejoice in what? Be glad. Remember, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Okay, that's enough. I'm sorry. You You guys aren't into it this morning. But I remember that song. and I want us to realize that no matter what our circumstances in or whatever we're going through, I want us to realize that God makes every day. And that when we are in Christ Jesus, he wants us to rejoice in the fact of being a new creation. And that we have so much to look forward to and we have so much to be thankful for. When Christ is in us, there should be this change. Our desires change. We should strive to want to be more like him. That doesn't mean we're not going to have bad days or we're not going to struggle in this world. But there's a hope that we have beyond this world. And Paul is going to stress this in chapter 4 of his letter. And so I want us to look at how we can overcome those things that can easily get us down, those patterns, those destructive patterns that we can easily go back to. How do we overcome those things and walk in the newness of Christ and, and have our complete identity in Jesus and Jesus alone? So how do we change? How do we flip the switch? Well, let's listen to Paul's words here in Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles or your devices, you can look up at the screens here. But I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to specifically look at verses 17 through 24. Because what Paul's going to do is he's going to juxtapose our old life, those that live in the world, the Gentiles, those that live in the world, and then those who are in Christ, and what the difference is and what, what, what it should look like as a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, or people living in the world. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. 
They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But listen to what Paul says about those who are in Christ Jesus. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and learned, learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And then he says in verse 23, he says, instead, this is what happens to those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Renew, renew again and again and again. Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and your attitudes. He says, put on your new nature. We're going to look deeper into what Paul meant there. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Amen to God's word. So let's see what Paul says here. And I I want us to look at the focus that Paul gives here and what we're to focus on. I remember the first time that I needed um, these um, reading glasses. How do you remember the first time you needed glasses or or reading glasses? Well, um, here's my preaching Bible. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I brought this Bible into the pulpit. I think we're going on 20 years. This was my preaching Bible. And... I remember it was so easy to read about five years ago. Now it is one big blur. I can't even see. I don't even know what Hosea. I don't even know. I can't even read that. And I remember about 10 years ago, as I was reading, I go, is it me or is the font getting smaller each week? Is someone switching out my Bible on me? And eventually I realized that I needed um, reading glasses. So I went to the eye doctor and they said, you don't need, you don't need, um, you don't need, glasses, but you definitely um, need readers. So I had my eyes checked and didn't need glasses, but I needed readers. And I could finally focus on the small print and it's wonderful. And I realized for the very first time when I put my reading glasses on, I'm old. I had to accept it. I had to accept the reality that I'm getting older. And so what I've noticed is um, the font on my sermon notes keep getting larger. So when I started, it was a 12 then it was a 14, and now it's a 16. And probably you in the back could read this because eventually it's going to be like two words a page because I don't want to wear my reading glasses the whole time. So I just keep making the font larger and larger and larger. But what Paul is describing for us in this word is, is, is a change of mind, a shift, and what should be our focus. How many know it is so easy to get distracted in our world and to lose focus of who we are in Christ? It's so easy for me to attach my identity to what I do, not who I am in Christ. And it can get discouraging because when we look and we feel like we've made mistakes or we feel like we're not doing well at our jobs or maybe as a parent, we feel like we've messed up or we've screwed up and our identity can be so attached to those things. And when those things aren't going well in our lives, it can truly affect our relationship with Christ. And what Paul's saying here is don't allow those things to distract you from who you are in Christ. And you have to clothe yourself with something new. Don't go back to those old things that you used to resort to to try to find your significance. But how many know it may work for a while, but then we're searching for the next thing. We're searching for the new and improved thing to make ourselves feel better. Paul says that's not going to work 
Those things are short-lived. Those are your old clothes. You have to clothe yourself anew in Christ Jesus. Your life in Christ is not focused on what you used to be, but on your new life in Christ. And so Paul wanted to encourage the Ephesian believers to continue to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So Paul tells us how we can grow and how not to get stuck in those old patterns. It all has to do with what we're focusing on, that we have to be proactive in our walk with the Lord. So how do we get stuck? There is a million things that can get us stuck in our life. I just want to give you a few things, some big things that can get us stuck in our life if we're not careful and just impede us from really growing in a relationship with the Lord. So so we can get stuck. Let me just give you a, a few things on how we can get stuck and see if these things stick. See if these stuck things stick to your life, if they relate to you. First of all, we can get stuck by focusing on our past failures. It, it's easy for us to know who Christ is and what he did for us, but then to get all caught up in our past failures and feel like we're, we're no good and to feel like, you know, I made all these mistakes in my past and we're reminded of those mistakes consistently in our lives and that can impede our growth in Christ Jesus. And what it does is when we focus on our past failures, it stops us from focusing on who we are now in Christ Jesus. And I really believe that's a tactic of the enemy to distract us from knowing who we are in Christ and actually robbing us from the joy and the peace that we can receive from Christ by focusing on our failures and knowing that in Christ Jesus we are redeemed, that we are forgiven. That, that, does that mean we won't remember our past or the mistakes? Absolutely. But Christ wants us to look forward, that those things don't define who you are today in me. And I have to keep reminding myself of that all the time when I feel like a failure, I'm not parenting correctly, or I'm not pastoring correctly. I've got to remember, my hope is not in those things. It's in who Christ is and what he accomplished for me. Here's another thing we can get stuck in. By continuing to live like we did before we came to Christ, by going back to destructive things or destructive patterns. Remember, habits take a long time to form. And we get used to things. We get used to doing things a certain way. And if we don't deal with them, those things become comfort food to us. Think about the Israelites for just a moment. God takes them out of, out of years of captivity, of slavery in Egypt. He brings them into the wilderness. He's going to draw them into uh, the promised land. He has a great future for them. But what do they do when they get into the wilderness? They begin to do what? They begin to murmur and complain. And then what's the next thing? Here God delivers them, shows them great and mighty miracles by parting the Red Sea. Charleston Heston got them through. They're all excited. And they get on the other side and they're in the wilderness. They're away from the enemy. They see God do these great and mighty miracles. And then they say to Moses, but you know what? Back in Egypt, and Moses is like, what? You want to go back? To slavery and what enslaved you? You know why they did? Because they thought, because they lived that way for so long, they didn't know what it meant to live free. See, listen, so many times in our lives we forget who we are and what Jesus has saved us from. That we can go back to that comfort food that former way of life, because we think that's going to bring us comfort, but we, we forget the bondage that that held us in. And listen, and I'm not talking, listen, I know sometimes we talk about the big sins that, that can be bondage. Absolutely, those habitual things that we held on to that were destructive things in our lives. But I'm talking about thought patterns. I'm talking about things that we think about, 
the things that we can allow to rule and reign in our mind, the record player that we play over and over and over again. And maybe that's the thought of, of inconsistencies in your life that someone else brought up. Maybe that was a parent who wasn't affirming. Maybe it was a boss who treated you poorly. Whatever that thing may be, that record player can constantly get run in our mind and we feel inadequate all the time. See, those are things I'm talking about. And sometimes we can go back to those things to try to deal with it ourselves because we feel like that's the thing that's going to comfort us. So what we do is we run to maybe substances or things to comfort us like we used to do, forgetting the destruction that it really did in our lives. So we can get stuck if we're not careful by continuing to live those destructive patterns in our lives. Here's another thing we can get stuck in by not willing to forgive, which is the result of, of bitterness. And, and, and that's a huge issue. Because for many of you, I know, it, maybe there were some things that have happened in your life, some atrocities that have happened in your life, things that were just simply wrong. And what begins to happen, we try to deal with, like, how can I deal with this? Because we know unforgiveness is the poison we drink just waiting for the other person to die, right? We, that, that's all it is. And we think by, by holding on to this bitterness and this hatred, it's really going to help us. And in fact, a new life in Christ, if we truly understand the gospel message, is all about forgiveness. That Christ actually forgave us while we were still sinners. That Christ's forgiveness for us is not based on our goodness. Thank you, Lord. It's completely based on what Jesus did for us. He was perfect. And he forgave us when we, we didn't deserve it. It's not, my relationship with Christ is not merited by my performance or by my righteousness completely hinges on Jesus and what he accomplished for you and I on the cross. He forgave us when we least deserved it. And I think for many of you, and I'm not trying to um, ease the pain for you or try to whitewash it in any way, but what I'm saying for some of you that have held on to bitterness for years and unforgiveness and, and, and that person is the record player that keeps playing in your mind, I'm not saying that memory is not there or it's not painful or you don't remember, but what I am saying Forgiveness releases us from that so that we can be released into the Lord and allow him to deal with it so that you can move forward in your life in the newness that Christ desires to give to you. Listen, I've pastored going on 32 years, and the one thing I've noticed more than anything else with people is the things that they battle with the most is not the difficult things in their life or their health issues or even death. The things they they deal with the most are relationships in their past and past broken relationships. I believe more than anything else, that is the thing that can keep us stuck from moving on in the newness of Christ that he desires for us and to be the person that Christ desires for us and to put on that new clothes that Jesus desires for us. So I would, I would just say to you, for those of you that are struggling with that, and we all do, and there are times that I feel like someone hurt me deeply. And I can think back in my past. I'm sure that I've hurt other people too. But I can think back in my past when people hurt me. And sometimes that name will pop up or the, and, and that, that feeling will like come up. And I, and I think I've forgiven it. And the Lord's like, Barden, give it to me. Give it to me. Don't let that thing become an anchor in your life that keeps you from the freedom that I desire to give you. And that can keep us stuck more than anything else is unforgiveness and bitterness. Don't allow that bitterness, as James says, to grow in your heart that keeps you from knowing the fullness and the peace 
And once again, I'm not minimizing the pain and the hurt that you've gone through, but there is healing and there is hope in Christ because he does redeem all things. Amen? And he uses us for his glory. And here's here's a couple more I'll throw out there. There's a million we could talk about, but another thing that can get us stuck is not being open to correction or not being, be willing to say that you're so, 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 so sorry, right? Right? And, and here's the thing. Um, Listen, we all make mistakes, and, and many times in relationships, there's, there's two sides of it. I know many times I think, well, it's all their fault, but when we're able to admit and be open to correction, be willing to admit that we're sorry, we allow the healing of God to flow in that relationship. And so by being open to correction, we humble ourselves before the Lord by saying, you know what, I'm not always right. I'm not always perfect in this situation. And there may be a part of this that I've played maybe in this relationship or in this argument that I, I need to humble myself and be willing to admit that I was wrong. And the last thing is here, just real quick, is by not being proactive in my spiritual growth. And, and that's by not taking steps forward and taking stewardship of my spiritual life. And what do I mean by that? Just take ownership of your spiritual life. Next step, I maybe get plugged into a small group or begin a devotional study if you've not done that yet, or your prayer life. These are things that we can do. We can make that choice to take a step forward to allow God to continually speak to us through his word and through other people. You know, it's amazing. I was at a, um, I was at a small group of men yesterday, and there was a a gentleman there, he was from another church, but he was joining us in our small group. And um, I'm so glad I went to the group because I heard his story. And his story was really neat. His story was like he shared about his old life. He said he was a bouncer in a bar. And his wife would go to church with his kids, but he wouldn't go. But his kids would always ask him, hey, Dad, we're doing a special at church, or we're doing this, would you come? And he goes, I would go. But he goes, when I continued to go, I continued to hear God's word. And he goes, God began to break my heart through my kids. He goes, my kids were instrumental in leading me to the Lord. And he goes, that was a humbling thing for me to admit. But he goes, God has completely changed my life. And I'm so glad I was part of that small group because it encouraged me in that small group to hear someone else's story. And that's why I think small groups are so important for us because we can encourage each other. We can sharpen each other. Uh, we can pray for each other, and we can speak into each other's lives. So, uh, you know, an important thing in our church is that you would take that next step in your spiritual walk and find out what that is for you and take that, take that step to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So, so how, do we, how do we flip the switch from, from apathy to engagement, from just sitting back and maybe just living the same way that I've been living? How, how do we switch the, 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 how do we flip the switch here? Well, Paul gives us a couple of things here. Well, Paul tells us that in Christ, we're actually a new creation. We have a choice to choose something far greater. And what he tells us to do is to actually throw off our old sinful nature. So, so what is Paul meaning here? I, he's given us this image, actually, of the clothes we wear. And he says that the old clothes are corrupted. This was your former life before you came to Christ. Our new clothes, he says, are to express something that has happened in our hearts. And what he says is, I want you to put on new clothes and live like you're actually dressed for heaven. Now, when I was in my study, I, 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 said, I, said, I said, I've never seen that before. That, that's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay into that when I speak on Sunday because I like this. It really spoke to my heart. 
And the image that I have is of a wedding where you have the, the groom and the bride. And what do they do before their wedding? They get, they get dressed up, right? They, 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 they get dressed up. They don't come in, in work clothes. They don't come in dirty clothes. They come in new clothes. The bride comes in a dress that she's never worn. The husband has a stinky tux that was worn a million times. I don't know what's up with that. No, I'm just... But I remember my wedding day, um, Kathleen made her own dress. And it was just amazing. So I remember sitting there and watching her come down the aisle. I'm like, oh my goodness, she looks good. And she has this beautiful white dress on. I had, I had my, my tux on. But I can imagine if Kathleen was all dressed up, prepared for the wedding... If she looked down and saw her knight in shining armor, Barton Gerace, I don't think so. But if she saw me down there and I'm in flip-flops, my shorts, I got my Bills t-shirt on, go Bills, go Bills, right? And she, she would be upset because I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I'm not dressed for that wedding day. What Paul's saying is this. He goes, dress as if you're preparing yourself to meet the Lord. Take off those old habits and things that have held you back and dress the same way that you feel inside and what Christ has done in you. Let your attitudes, Paul says this, let your attitudes and the way you conduct your life be congruent with what's going on in your heart. That changed life. You know, it's interesting that 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 same man in in our Bible study shared something really good that really kind of pricked my heart and got me thinking too. We were talking about how we can be a witness out in the world. And what he said was, he goes, we go to this restaurant after church every Sunday and uh, we kind of gotten to know our server and we pray for her and it's, you know, she asks about the kids and it's really nice. And he goes, what's the toughest thing about being a server? And she goes, well, I'll be honest with you. He goes, you guys are really nice. You're actually really nice Christians, but that's not always the case. She goes, the hardest time for me is Sunday afternoons. He goes, it's when all the Christians come in after church. He goes, many times they're grumpy and they don't tip well. And he's like, so I'm, I got thinking to my, I got thinking to myself, you know what? How are we dressed for heaven and how are we living what we believe about Jesus to the world. So now you've got these people who have sat and listened to a sermon, right? It'd be the same for us. You came and you, you listened to great preaching every week. At least you did two weeks ago when Pastor Brandon spoke, but you're listening to this preaching, right? And then you get in your cars and you pull out on Ridge Road and someone cuts you off and you just, you just cuss them out, right? There's, there's an inconsistency with what we believe with how we conduct ourselves, So Paul says, let your conduct, let the way that you're dressed be in preparation for you meeting the Lord one day. Let it be seen in your conduct and your attitude. Let it change. So the question we need to ask ourselves, are we dressed for heaven? Are we preparing for our union with Christ? And are we anticipating anticipating that life to come? So the question is, how do we get unstuck? How do we get unstuck? Uh, and here's what, here's what Paul reiterates in this passage. We're to live our lives consistently with our new life in Christ. And so what Paul says here, he uses an interesting Greek word for throw off. 
basically the word throw off there, when he says throw off your old clothes, literally means casting away. The, the idea that Paul is trying to stress here and try to his listeners to understand is the idea to throw that thing so far away that you will not be tempted to pick it up later. So I brought in my son's um, clothes hamper. By the way, it's never this empty. It's usually up to here and it crams everything in there. But it's like, here we have our old clothes, right? And what happens when we uh, take off our old clothes, Paul's saying, and we put it really close next to us? What, what would be the temptation if I put my old clothes there? Pick it up again, right? See, what Paul says is, he goes, I want you to take those old clothes. And I don't want it to be anywhere near. I just want you to take the thing and throw it. I, I hit somebody in the first service, by the way. I want you to take whatever you have, these old clothes, and I just want you to throw them as far... Okay, I just want to check there's nothing else in here. Take far away as possible. We're safe. There's no underwear. Just as far away as possible. Take the hand. Far away as possible. So that you're not tempted to go back and pick that thing up again. And I think what we do in our life sometimes, just out of comfort, we say, okay, I'm going to deal with my whole life, but, but, but partially. Partially. I'm going to still hold that thought kind of close to me in case I've got to revisit it. I know where that liquor bottle is, but I'm not going to throw it out. I know where I can go on the internet, so I'm not going to put filters on or be accountable. Paul says, listen, if you're going to truly grow in Christ and know who you are in him, You've got to take that old clothing and you've got to throw it as far away as possible. Listen, we all struggle, don't we? There's a difference between struggling and then not dealing with our sin correctly. If we don't deal with our sin with radical surgery, it's always going to come back. See, there's a difference between a struggle and then habitually sinning where I don't allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to convict my heart anymore. There's a difference between struggle. We all struggle, and that's why we need each other to help us through our struggles and our temptations so that we don't go back to those old patterns in that old life that was destructive, that held us back from that newness of life. And this has nothing to do, listen, this has nothing to do with legalism, this has nothing to do with God saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, the, the, the Christian life is just a killjoy because it, it, this is about obedience. That Christ loves you so much that he gave his life for you so that you would no longer have to live under the slavery or the yoke of your former life or your former habits. Amen? And he wants to give you this joy and this newness of life. And that's what Paul is stressing here Put on that newness of life so we can be like God. Godliness and righteousness. So Paul is telling us, put it as far away as possible. Paul tells us that our life in Christ gives us so much more than that old life could ever give us. Listen, if you're around a certain person... And you know that it always turns into a, just a gossip session or it gets real negative. Change the subject or be upfront with that conversation by just saying, listen, this isn't good for me. It's not healthy for me. Do whatever it takes so that you don't get dragged back into those 
patterns that you know are destructive. See, my heart for you is that you would not, not ever know and not ever walk alone in your struggle. We all struggle and we need each other for prayer and support. You see, what Paul is saying, there's, this, there's an exchange that happens in Christ. And what Christ does is he gives us new clothes. And then Paul says he puts his spirit within us to help us, to help our attitudes, to help us change, to be more like Jesus. He wants to give you a new life, a new beginning. And when he says to renew our mind, that's a progressive renewing. How many know we, we, we're never going to arrive till we get to heaven? But there is this renewal that the Spirit does give us to continue to check us, to convict us, and to continually check our attitudes, to renew our thinking so we don't go back to the same old habits and patterns that we were before Christ or those things that can draw us or tempt us. How many remember, if you're old like me, you remember the, the best thing about the first day of school was what? Do you remember what the best day of school was? For you, who said? Someone said new clothes. Yeah. How many remember new clothes? That was the best day, right? You'd go out shopping. We'd go to Sears. I'd get my tough skins, right? Remember tough skins? And they had the patches on the knees. And, and you could tell the first day of school, if you listened closely and you'd, and you'd listen in the hallway, you could hear this sweet sound of corduroy whoosh, 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 going down the high, right? Or you could hear the, the jeans because they, 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 weren't, they, they, were, they were just so rigid and they, they, you have to wash them a million times. So you'd, you'd walk like Frankenstein with your new tough skins, right? You walk around, but the first day of school, everybody, and then you had to take your pictures and everybody had, to, had, their, had their new clothes on. You see, what Paul is trying to remind us is that when the Spirit of Christ is in us, there's a transformation that occurs. Our desires change, and now we actually want to please Christ. He goes, let that transformation that has happened in your heart be evident in the way you live your life. Don't go back to those old things or those old habits or those old patterns that were destructive. And this is the battle that we're consistently and constantly fighting. We'll always fight the battle between my wants and desires and submitting to Christ and his will for my life. There is going to be a battle. So Paul says, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to throw off those old things. When those, when those old things start to creep back again into your life, you have to remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus and how he renewed you. And don't go to those patterns that, that are in the world, that's how the world deals with their stuff. That's not going to work. See, the question we need to ask ourselves is the life we are living reflecting the faith we are professing in Christ? Is the life we're living reflecting the faith we are professing in Christ? 2010, I was able to go to Haiti uh, with Convoy of Hope. It's a ministry that we support. It's a disaster relief agency. We went with them to, to minister in Puerto Rico a couple years ago, but I was invited to go with some other pastors in New York State and to see how they're dealing with the, with the horrible, horrible earthquake that hit in 2010. And we weren't there just a few months later. We went there to see the destruction and what Convoy of Hope was doing to help them. And I remember walking with a missionary, and we were at a local church. And what this church was doing was helping this local uh, neighborhood on how to filter their water. And what the missionary said is, he said, the hardest thing is not the food which makes them sick, it's the water. He said, the, 
the unfiltered water. But he said the people that live in Haiti are so used to that unfiltered water, it just they'll keep drinking it, but they it, they keep getting sick from it. That's just they're so used to that, it just makes them sick. And he says we have so many filtration systems, and it's so easy to teach them how to use it. They showed us how you use it. You put it over a five gallon bucket. You can filter the water through it, and then they have clean drinking water. He goes, the problem is not getting the filtration system to those that live in these neighborhoods. The problem was having them consistently do it after we teach them. He goes, what we've noticed is many times they will go back to their old ways knowing that they'll still get sick. But because that was the way they did it for so many years, it's hard to break that pattern in their life. Knowing knowing that it could make them sick. See, here's what Paul is saying for you and I. It's very easy for us to go back to our old life or our old thinking patterns because it's comfortable for us. We're we're used to it. And many times knowing that that's destructive. And what Paul says, no, 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 don't do that anymore. Clothe yourself in who you are in Christ Jesus. That is your identity. Don't go back to those things that were destructive. And I think for many of us, we forget how powerful a transformed life in Christ Jesus is. And that's what Paul was reminding them. I want you in your prayer life to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those blind areas in your life. I want you when you go to prayer, say, God, here are the things that I'm struggling with. And I need to know, I need to know that I'm yours. And what I want you to do, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little homework this week. And what I've done for you, we have, um, we actually have sermon notes. We, if you didn't pick them up when you walked in, there's some when you walk out. And those who are watching online, hopefully we'll be able to get those to you online so you can get those verses. I have 10 scripture verses that remind us of who we are in Christ. And I think sometimes we forget that because the world is always screaming at us, telling us, you've got to be like this. You've got to be better at this. You've got to be this person. You've got to be that person. And we, we try to fill our lives by trying to please everybody else that we forget who we are in Christ. And so the two questions I want to ask you through these 10 verses is this. What does God say about you and your life in Christ? And then secondly, the question I want you to ask as you go through all these 10 verses is what are the characteristics of a person who is in Christ? And anytime you feel like you're going to go back, anytime you feel like you're struggling, I want you to read these verses because it will reiterate and remind you of who you are in Christ. And my prayer is that it will encourage you. When you feel insecure, when you feel vulnerable, when you feel like people have let you down, when you feel like you don't measure up, I want you to read these verses and remind yourself that in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation and that God has placed his spirit in you and has given you a new attitude and a new life and encourage you and encourage you and give you a joy and a peace to keep serving him through all the stuff in your life and all the hardship. Jesus said he would walk with us through all those things. Amen. Listen, you know, I think about this a lot. How many of you know the older you get, 
you're not going to keep doing the thing you were doing your whole life, right? How many know when you're, it's kind of weird for us because our kids are getting older, so we're not immersed in our kids' lives. And you learn really quick when those things are taken away, what, where you really placed your identity and your hope in. Come on. Parents that kids have left the, left the nest. For me, the hardest thing is, is not going to my kids' sports events. I was like, I remember looking at Kathleen going, this is weird. I'm so used to going to all their sporting events. I go, what are we going to do now? Kathleen's like, there's an electrical project for you I have for you. <laughs> and it really, I know I'm being funny, but it really shows you where's my identity. Is it really in Christ or was it my kids? Or is it in my position as a pastor? Because I'm not going to be doing this forever. And don't say amen, okay? <laughs> and same for you. But we have to remind ourselves, are we dressing ourselves prepared for heaven? Does what we believe about Jesus reflect the way we're living it in our everyday life? So I want to pray for you today that God would reiterate to you his love and the importance of following him and being clothed in him today. So Father God, we just bow our hearts before you today and I thank you for your word. I thank you for the words of Paul that show us the way to really follow you and to live in you and to identify in you, Christ Jesus. And I pray for those that are hurting, that may be stuck in their past, that maybe their identity has been shaken. Maybe there's a forgiveness issue. Maybe there's pain from whatever has happened in their past. Lord, I thank you that in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. Behold, all things, all things, all things, become new. And I pray as we read through those passages, Lord, that it would just reinforce in us who we are in you, Jesus. May our identity be in you and not in these other things that can easily slip away. But may our identity be in you and you alone. And that's where we find our peace and our security when we find ourselves in you, Jesus. Help us to to live that out in our world of what we believe about Jesus and the way we treat people. Change our attitudes, God. It's so easy to get selfish or to, Lord, it's so easy to get irritated with people in the world and and lose our focus on, on how you've forgiven us and how you've changed us when we didn't deserve it. May we never forget to keep preaching the gospel to ourselves day in and day out. So thank you, Jesus, for receiving us. Messed up, dysfunctional sinners. That's who you came for. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving our mess, our past, and redeeming it for your glory. You're a perfect Savior in every way, and we love you, and we praise you, and we give our lives to you. In Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name, and all God's children said, amen. Can we thank the Lord this morning for his word? His word is always perfect. Amen. Amen.